Welcome to the third episode of Dead Pilot Society, a podcast that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and co-host of Dead Pilot Society. I'm also a television writer and producer, having worked on many shows, including Friends, the show that launched the Rachel haircut that everyone's talking about. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our first two episodes from Tom Lennon and Ben Garant and John Hodgman. We've really been blown away by the response. And if you're enjoying the show, you should know that Maximum Fun is a member-supported network and that the best way to support Dead Pilot Society is to become a member, which you can do at MaximumFun.org donate. We have another really funny Dead Pilot for you this month. It was written by Matt Gorley and Amanda Lund. Matt's the host of several podcasts, including Super Ego, I Was There Too, and James Bonding. And Amanda is the co-creator and co-star of the web series Ghost Girls. And they're married. The pilot is called Wonderland, and it's a sort of all-about-eve workplace comedy set at a theme park. The whole cast is great, and there's an especially hilarious performance from Kiernan Shipka, Sally Draper from Mad Men, in the sort of Eve Harrington role. Matt and Amanda really wrote what they know with this one, as you'll hear in the interview that my co-host Ben Blacker and I did with them before the reading at Largo in Los Angeles. So enjoy Wonderland after this quick message. What movies should I go see this weekend? Should I care about the Emmys? Is this meme already dead? Is VR cool? What happened to Choose Your Own Adventure book? Are the Kardashians for real? For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable show with me, Guy Brana, Winter Mitchell, Margaret Wappler, and Oliver Wang. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcast. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Amanda and Matt, um, for those of you guys who don't know, Amanda is the co-creator of Ghost Girls. This is the web series. True. It's terrific. Check it out. Matt is the man behind Super Ego, behind I Was There Too, behind probably more podcasts. These are two of the funniest people I know, and they have written a very funny pilot. Which is called Wonderland. And uh, so tell us, who did you sell this pilot to? Um, we sold it to Fox. That's right. <laughs> Heard of them? I'd like to hear about, I'm curious to hear, because you guys are both terrific performers as well as brilliant comedy minds. That's right. Um, (laughs) You guys pitched this pilot. Uh, It's based sort of on on experiences you've had. Can you talk about that a little bit and what the pitch looked like? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, Amanda was an actual princess at the Disney park. You played, let me see if I have this right. Primarily Cinderella, yeah. then Aurora, Sleeping Beauty, yeah. Briar Ariel, Rose. Yeah. Briar Rose. That's her third name. Deep cut. Wow. <laughs> um, and then Mary Poppins and even the Hercules lady. Megara. <laughs> Deeper cut. And then I worked there for 13, oh my and, God, 13 years. And Matt played a talking trash can. That's right. <laughs> This was all at Disneyland. I yes. Did, yeah. Okay. But and we met at Universal Studios. True. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, the theme park world is rich with characters, obviously, um, both on and off 
stage. And uh, so we came up with this idea and then um, we came up with this whole, like a fictional theme park and in this world Wonderland is the Disneyland of the world. So it's like the premier entertainment destination. And so we came up with this whole history for it and it was so fun and Matt did some illustrations, like a map of the theme park that was shaped like a pretzel because it's all pastry themed. Um, and that was... We, I should say when they sent me the script... There was a map on the front page, and I was like, oh, Jesus. What, what Game of Thrones bullshit are we getting into? Well, tell us, tell us some of the names of the areas of Wonderland. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Um, Smuggler's Cove. Smuggler's Cove. There's um, Pastry Pavilion. Yeah. I uh, God, I forget. We had, I forget where they are, but we had them all, and we had this whole, like, backstory to, like, Wilhelm, Wilhelm Wunder created the park in the 60s, and then he had these three sons who were, like, fighting for the throne, and it was, like, this whole, like, there could it be a whole show. It was very Game of Thrones now that yeah. yeah. Um, but that was probably my favorite part of the whole experience, was coming up with all that crazy backstory that is nowhere in this but, at uh, yeah, all. Yeah, originally it was in the introduction in an orientation video that both the viewer and the characters were watching and then that all got completely excised. Yeah, apparently so not... no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> How about the yeah. backstory of a fictional theme park? Yeah, crazy. <laughs> what was the development process like for you guys? It was relatively positive, though the, from beginning to end, it did. we were remarking today after hearing it read for the rehearsal that it felt like it changed a lot. So it was all, there was nothing negative about it. But I think it, it was pretty easy. I mean, yeah. everyone was on the same page, like tonally. I think the biggest note we got was to just um, have having the setup happen in like the first five pages because um, our instinct was to like have it kind of the first episode, like it gradually happens. And we had to then push the whole episode into the first five pages, basically. That's right, yeah. Um, which was challenging, but I actually think it benefited it. And you're, you'll be playing the lead. Yes. And did you write it thinking that you might play it, or did you have someone in mind? Um, you know, I actually definitely wrote the lead character in my voice, but it was this weird thing where when we wrote it, it was a few years ago. So there's a lead who's like in her 30s, and there's another girl who comes in who's in her teens. And so I was kind of in between the ages, and now I've aged into it. Um, so that's cool. I'm glad you were... <laughs> I'm glad you were cured of that Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> Good for you. Was there anything uh, that was cut uh, early on? You know, we were going to mention that there was something even cut from this script this week. That's right. What, but was that a note, that scene? We were trying to remember. There's a, a, a cameo we had written for Catherine Heigl, of all people. <laughs> oh, my God. But sort of for that reason. Here? <laughs> That's her. She always exclaims when her own name is said. <laughs> Catherine Heigl. <laughs> she left. All right. Um, we, yeah, that was a note because it was like they needed more of a ramp up to the end and that was our solution. Yeah, I'm not sure what of... we were thinking and it got accidentally cut from this. But, but then we heard it and we were like, eh, it's okay. Yeah, because to... in this draft, uh, Jane, the main character, plays the princess Philomena and we had this quick little aside that there were all of these historically famous it was like a sorority of famous Philomenas. If you were start as a Philomena, you will go on to greatness. So it was like Mandy Moore, Catherine Heigl, Jane Fonda, Betty White, like the whole, there can only be one. It's like a Highlander sort of thing. And you pass it on and then you're destined for greatness. Then now that I talk about it, I kind of like it. Well, 
guys go. How much of the supporting characters in this were based on people you worked with at the theme parks? A fair amount, yeah. and we had to kind of like we got a little bit scared. Um, that like if it ever got made we'd be you know in trouble but um, a fair amount of them are based on real people yeah even the names aren't that changed at times yeah I think we really were like this will never get made you know let's name names was that the feeling as you guys were developing them no towards uh, oh well in the no (laughs) what happened at the end why why didn't they go um, they didn't really say. I mean, I think it was there was some weird thing about theme park shows at the time. Like, like apparently it's been like hard to sell a theme park show. Oh, and also, the MTV greenlit a show called Happy Land the same season about a princess at a theme park. Yeah, and I was like so angry because, and I part of me, if anyone has worked on that show, I didn't really watch it, but the production value was so low and like the costumes were so tacky and I was like, hmm, Wonderland would have been so much better. Well, people are about to find out how much better it would be, which yes. is a lot. For all those Happy Land fans. <laughs> Sorry, Happy Land. Thank you, Matt Gorley. Thank you, Thank you Amanda Thank you. Lund. Instead of door busting for a plasma TV this Black Friday, how about you stay in and snag the best deal of all? Max Fun Con 2017 tickets. Max Fun Con West returns to Lake Arrowhead next June, and Max Fun Con East is back in the Poconos next September. Tickets for both go on sale Friday, November 25th, and they're gonna sell out fast. So mark your calendars and visit maxfuncon.com on November 25th to secure your spot. Max Fun Con. Way more fun than a smartwatch or whatever. Wonderland. Interior, backstage, character dressing room, morning. A series of extreme close-ups on a girl preparing for what looks like an athletic event. A dainty wrist whips a bandage around a delicate hand. A blister pad is slapped onto a lone bunion. A tattered boob pad jammed into place. We are starting to realize this is not an athlete. A wedgie is yanked from a pair of tights. There's a quick twist of lipstick and swipe across the lips, hair thrust into a wig cap. The final shots come very quickly. Breaths drip on tongue, foot in slipper, tiara on head, white satin gloves tugged into place. A hand executes the perfect princess wave. The sequence climaxes with a burst of perfume. At last, we see the subject fully assembled. It is Jane Pally. She has become Wonderland's flagship character, Princess Philomena, and she looks amazing. She throws aside her dressing room curtain and is surprised to find a large group of her co-workers waiting for her. Happy anniversary! It's ten years. There are balloons, a colorful banner, a melting ice cream cake. Oh my gosh, I feel like I should faint. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton Noyce, Wonderland's preeminent micromanager, approaches with a self-satisfying grin. Hear ye, hear ye. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome Jane Pally to the Wonderland 10-Year Pin Club. Take a look around the room and behold, it is an exclusive group. Me, you, and Crooked Jill. Everyone looks to the back of a room where a severely hunchbacked woman is dressed in a sultry can-can outfit. Janie, here's to a fantastic decade of being the sole face of Wonderland. Oh, thank you, Peyton. Everyone, Jill. (laughs) Honestly, there's nothing else I would have rather done for the last 10 years. Bolin and Juan Pablo chime in. She is sardonic and plays the ethnically ambiguous Princess Jamila. (laughs) He is the not as smart but just as alluring Prince Ahmed. 
Travel? Get a doctorate? Petite Keith, who plays the diminutive Penrod Piper, is flitting about wearing nothing but green tights. Hey, you have a decade-long sexual relationship with a guy living on a farm that you just bought? No. <laughs> no. Just sit, sit down, Keith. We can see your little guy. Okay. Hey, you guys, listen. I get to make kids smile for a living and earn enough money to rent a Prius? Come on. You're going to have to fry this tiara off my cold, dead corpse. Oof. Morbid. Okay, thank you, Jane. Oh, no, no, wait. Okay, so while I have my little soapbox, I am still taking donations for my charity event tomorrow. You guys know tender teeth disorder affects one out of every hundred children around the world sometimes. I should know because I was one of them. Soft smiles. Never give up the bite. Do good, feel good, everyone. Okay, now we have got to wrap this up. You're due for your meet and greet, and I need a little goss sesh with you. Exterior, backstage, morning. Peyton is driving Jane to her shift entrance in his sporty management golf cart. You are having a really good wig day. I know, I wish I could, like, freeze frame all my life right now. Ugh, not me, I hate my hips. Anyway. <laughs> Down to business. We, uh, we hired a new lady aphid, and I want you to be her trainer. Oh, sure. Her name is Kelsey. She's young, she's fresh, has a strong web presence. Ooh, okay, I'll get a little paper, take a few sets off. That's my go-to gal. They are at Jane's meet-and-greet entrance. She hops out. Oh, and uh, one more thing, Jane. Um, I know this is unprecedented, but she is going to be understudying your part as well. Uh, Wonderland is going to have a second Princess Philomena. <laughs> Jane? How wonderful. <laughs> well, you, you'll, you'll love her. She could be your little sister. Peyton scoots off. A beat. Jane takes a deep breath and crosses the threshold from backstage to onstage. Her expression goes from dejected theme park employee to graceful Wonderland princess, a consummate professional. Cut to <laughs> interior, backstage, employee orientation room simultaneous. A crowd lights up at the sight of Princess Philomena. As the camera pulls back, we see that we are watching an orientation video featuring Jane as a much younger Philomena. She is surrounded by park guests of all ethnicity. And remember, a smile is the same in any country, except Bulgaria. <laughs> you wish to urinate. A teenaged employee sit, sits next to a young blonde girl in the dim conference room. They are watching intently. What's your job here going to be? I'm going to do that. A slow plastic smile appears on the girl's face as she imitates Jane's princess wave. She is bathed in an ambient light. It creates a disturbing image. <laughs> Title, Wonderland. End of teaser. Act one. Interior, backstage, character dressing room, morning. Jane returns from her meet and greet and is surprised to find someone sitting in her makeup chair. It is Kelsey Sprague, the young blonde girl from the orientation. She swivels around to reveal that she's eating an enormous breakfast burrito. Do you want the rest of this? It tastes like caca. Oh, um, thank you, no. So you must be Kelsey. I'm Jane. I'm, I'm going to be your princess trainer. Oh, We've met before. Kelsey pulls out a photo out of her purse. It was 2003. Flashback and dissolve to exterior. Wonderland Park, 2003, day. A nine-year-old Kelsey is dressed in a homemade Philomena costume. Jane is signing an autograph book. You're my most favorite princess. 
All those other ones are straight up chunch bags. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure what that means. You're so innocent. I love it. Kelsey's mom and dad are watching the exchange with endearing looks on their faces. Smile. Freeze frame. Kelsey is upstaging Jane with a flashy pageant pose. Arms spread eagle and partially obscuring Jane's smiling face. Flashback dissolve to backstage, character dressing room, present day, continuous. Kelsey is holding the photo. That was the last time I saw my parents. Sorry. No, totally my decision. <laughs> you know, I'd kill to have my pre-puberty body back, but with Big Naturals, that would be perfect. <laughs> I can't believe you still work here. Oh my, how you've grown. Jane takes a deep breath. She is overwhelmed by Kelsey, who is so effervescent and sweet and fake and condescending at the same time, it's almost impressive. <laughs> Cut to interior backstage wig issue moments later. Kelsey has her lady aphid wig on. It's not attractive. Jane helps her pin it. This is a mullet. It's nasty. Really? I think it compliments your face shape. It makes you look like a young Martina Navratilova. No. Good. What do you want to work at Wonderland anyway? Well, I love entertaining. Everyone always tells me I have it. I've been performing on cruise ships since I was like eight. I made so much money, but my dumb parents stole it all. So much for unconditional love. But I'm a survivor. Anyway, now that I'm off the boat, I don't have any savings, and I just don't know a ton of people. Well, you know, you'll make lifelong friends here. Oh, no, I meant for connections. I figure I'll do this for a year or so and then become a proactive spokesperson or something. You know, I heard Katherine Heigl did this job right before she got famous, and I'd love to have a career like hers. <laughs> Timeless. How about you? <laughs> no, I, I don't think that I'd want her career. No, I bet what made you want to be a princess at Wonderland? Oh, um, well, believe it or not, I was a real tomboy growing up. I hadn't even seen the color pink until I was six. <laughs> it's funny, I actually remember the exact day I knew I wanted to be a princess. It was 1990. Oh my God. You were six in 1990? I wasn't even born yet. It was around 1990. Flashback dissolved to exterior, somewhere in Oregon. Pally Farm, circa 1990, night. Jane's eccentric hippie mom is handcuffed and being shoved into a police car. A six-year-old Jane is watching. She has a Mowgli haircut and wears nothing but a pair of beige gauchos. A kind of policeman approaches. Here you go, little boy. That's all I had in the trunk. I've got a little girl your age, buddy. <laughs> he hands her a pink Princess Philomena t-shirt. Jane looks at it, astonished. She puts it on and traces the outline of Princess Philomena with her dirty little finger. Jane's mom leans out of the pool. It's not that kind of dirty. Jane's mom leans out of the police car. Remember, Jane, gender roles are merely a byproduct of the hegemonic new world order bent on creating a penile-dominated society. I'm a princess, mommy. 
police car drives away. Don't give her apples! She's got soft teeth! Flashback dissolved to interior, backstage, character dressing room, continuous. Wait, you grew up on a pot farm? Lucky. No. We grew hemp, like, for bracelets. Then why would the cop shut it down? Because people were smoking the bracelets. You know what? <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. Cut to interior, backstage, costume issue, moments later. Jane is explaining the costume process. She's starting to mark her territory a little bit. So because you'll almost exclusively be playing Lady Aphid, this is where you're going to pick up your unitard and your wings. Now, a lot of girls complain about the wings giving them rashes, but, you know, you just think of it like your back is blushing. <laughs> Gross. When do I get my Princess Philomena outfit? Well... When that time comes, which it probably won't because I never miss a day of work, this is where you'll check out your dress and tiara. Now, I don't have to really check out my tiara because I had a custom one made for me out of crystal. Oh. I also have my own parking spot. Really? Yeah, okay. Now, now look, it's almost time for your first meet and greet, so if you have any other questions, you can consult your Wonderland Princess Handbook. Oh, I dropped it on the bathroom floor and it got wet and I couldn't tell what kind of wet, so I threw it away. <laughs> okay. Um, you know what? You can just borrow mine. I, I have it memorized anyway. Jane takes her princess handbook and gives it to Kelsey. Kelsey flips through it. It has all sorts of handwritten performance notes in the margins and tons of passages underlined and highlighted. Kelsey carelessly tosses it into her big purse on Jane's makeup counter. She spots the last piece of cake from the morning celebration. Can I have this? Before Jane can answer, Kelsey has shoveled the last piece with Princess Philomena's head into her mouth. I gotta take a leak. <laughs> Kelsey exits. Jane goes to rescue her princess handbook from Kelsey's purse. In doing so, she sees a manila folder labeled The Future of Princess Philomena by Peyton Noyce. She opens it and sees a poorly photoshopped promotional mock-up. It depicts Kelsey as an edgier, Miley Cyrus-inspired version of the princess. She's got an inappropriately sexy look on her face and is surrounded by a team of taut stable boys. <laughs> Off to the side, we see Jane in a gray wig and matronly robe. She is Philomena's wretched aunt, Frau Gruach. Jane is stunned. Interior, backstage, hallway, late morning. Toothy the alligator is lumbering toward the dressing room. The creature labors to pull off its own head. It is Bruce. He's a stout older man with a full mane of gray blonde hair. Out of nowhere, Juan Pablo blocks his path. No. I cannot let you in the dressing room, Bruce. There's cake in there. Okay. <laughs> what, what kind of cake? No. No, I don't like cake. I like the things that like my body. My body is a temple and the temple is my mind. My mind is the master and my master says no. <laughs> Well, yes, it's a mantra in progress. Anyway, here is a protein boba. It's a cyberry and lamb. <laughs> it's good, don't worry. Uh, that sounds pretty good. Hey, is it normal to feel like you're going to pass out and die? Um, you have to die to be born again, Bruce. Listen to me. I am a prince. You used to be a prince. I am your past. And if you are my future, I am going to make sure I like what I see, understand? It's personal. Yeah. And we're going to get you back to your glory weight or die trying. You don't know what it was like to be a prince at Wonderland in the 70s. 
I was living in Jane Seymour's back house. I took meetings in her hot tub. I shot skeet with Roger Moore naked. Well, he, he was. No, stop it. Stop it right there. You are going down a wormhole. But that's just it, Juan Pablo. You go down the wormhole, and before you know it, you've gone from face of character to fuzzy, and you get no respect. Even if I do lose weight, I'm too old to be a prince again. The, the food chain only goes one way. Hey! Ow, ow. Stop hitting me in the face. Juan Pablo grabs Bruce by the side of the head with both hands and brings him in close to his face. Forget, Prince. We're going to make you a king. <laughs> All right. The crown. Interior, backstage, Peyton's cubicle, morning. Peyton is at his standing desk. Tara Kaltenbach is peeking over the cubicle wall. She's a character chaperone dressed in a feathered hat and velour tunic. I think your hair looks best when you wear it moose back so we can see all of your forehead. That's crazy, Tara. It looks best when it's styled all the side, like this. Yeah, that looks really good. (laughs) Jane bursts in and throws the manila folder on Peyton's desk. Peyton shrieks like a little girl and quickly puts his hair back to normal. Tara is bewildered. Tara, get out of here. You asked me to come over here and talk about your hair. Go! You're, you're scheduled for crowd control at Smuggler's Cove. She leaves in a huff. Frau Gruach? Philomena's evil aunt? Am I being phased out? Wait, no, no, no. It's not what you think, Jane. Okay, um, how could this not be what I'm thinking? But out of context, I totally understand what this looks like. This is just something I made only for when you... When you decide to step away from Philomena, way down the line. Uh Uh-huh. This would only happen when you're ready. (sighs) You swear to me. Yes. I mean, come on. It's it's, it's really just one of my harebrained schemes. Like last year when I did gender-blind casting on Little Miss Bramble Patch. (laughs) Okay, Peyton. Good. Now, look, I wasn't going to give this to you until the press event tomorrow, but... I pulled a few strings, and I got Wonderland to match the money you raised for Soft Smile. He hands her an envelope. Oh, my God. You did? Jane, I have your back. Exterior, backstage, afternoon. Jane and Kelsey are walking to their afternoon meet and greet. They are dressed in their Philomena and Lady Aphid costumes. Kelsey's eyes are glued to her phone. Um, Kelsey, you, you know that you can't bring your phone on set. I mean, that's like Princessing 101. Mm, sorry, I'm texting my black friend. He's a DJ. <laughs> She dashes off. (laughs) Outside in the park. Outside Philomena's castle, afternoon. Jane can't help but watch Kelsey out of her peripheral vision, and she is having trouble concentrating on her own performance. She listens in on Kelsey interacting with a little boy. Hey ho, little prince. You're absolutely adorable, but I am going to need you to go to the back of the autograph line because I'm a Trojan girl and you're wearing ruined blue. (laughs) The little boy goes to the back of the line. Then Kelsey mysteriously stares into her own cleavage. Jane is perplexed. She walks to the back of the line and takes the little boy by the hand. They approach Kelsey. Oh, Lady Aphid, you're being so silly. We treat all visitors to Pastryville with the same respect, regardless of which banner they swear allegiance to. After all, that is the Wonderland way. Sorry, not everybody has been here for a thousand years. (laughs) Kelsey scribbles a Lady Aphid signature into the small boy's book and then looks into her cleavage again. Um, what are you doing? A faint light emanates from Kelsey's chest. 
Jane turns her away from the guests. Is that your cell phone? No. Suddenly, a buzz is heard. Jane is aghast. She quickly grabs the phone from out of Kelsey's bodice and hides it in the peplums of her own gown. What the hell are you doing? You are ruining the sanctity of the guest experience. Give it back, you stuck-up cake topper. (laughs) Kelsey goes for the phone, and they play a frantic game of keep-away before Jane impulsively tosses it over her shoulder. They both watch in slow motion as it falls into the castle moat. Without even thinking, Kelsey dives in after it. My contacts! The guests look on in horror. The small boy cries. Jane is mortified. Kelsey melodramatically flops around in the water even though she could easily walk out by herself. Help me! Please, somebody help me! An overzealous dad hands his camera off to his wife and heroically jumps in after her. Jane, in her earnest effort to preserve the sanctity of the guest experience, has completely shattered it. End of Act 1. Act 2, Exterior Park, Smuggler's Cove, Afternoon. We see a distant shot of Toothy the Alligator walking slowly through the park. Point of view, Bruce. Two blurry, narrow slits. Heavy breathing. We are inside the alligator head. He awkwardly approaches a tree as his hand reaches out to prop himself up. He positions his back against the tree for support, and we take in his surreal field of vision. At first, it is wide and unfocused. Then it closes in on the Wonderland chimichurro cart. (laughs) Closer. There is a child with cinnamon on its face staring back at him. The child tilts its head in curiosity. Toothy mimics the child and tilts his head the same. (laughs) Bruce's eyes slowly start to close. He is not well. (laughs) Back to a wide shot of Toothy slumped against a tree, sleeping and standing like an old tired horse. (laughs) Interior, backstage, employee conference room, afternoon. Jane and Kelsey sit side by side. Kelsey wears a robe and her hair is wrapped up in a towel. Peyton is standing in front of them. Behind him is a room full of mid-level corporate stiffs. All of them are seated on Pilates balls. Okay, let's get started. Um, this is Vicki Lynn from Human Resources, Marty from Nonviolent Disputes. Over there is Hans from Princess Guild Local 132. Jack and Beverly are doing an article on conflict resolution for the Wonderland Gazette. And uh, I'm sorry, sir, who are you? Brad. <laughs> okay, great. Um, <laughs> Now, girls, before Miss Lynn even says a word, I want to tell you that there is no amount of discipline that can match my level of disappointment. And you know, in some ways, I feel like I'm the real victim here. What? Look at me. I'm soaked. My phone is ruined. How am I even in trouble? Peyton, Princess Handbook Rule 134, she had her phone out on set. Oh, please, it wasn't out until you yanked it from my cha-chas, you lesbian. (laughs) Look, if this is a misunderstanding, I need you both to sign here, here, and initial here. And once I witness a verbal apology and proof of genuine mutual forgiveness, I can file this in the Wonderland Goodwill Vault. However, if this is a conflict, I will need to put both of you on immediate suspension until you graduate the Harmony Re-Education Program. Have you seen Broke Down Palace? Um, you know what? I'm, I'm sure, I am sure it's just a misunderstanding, right, girls? Because... 
You're both scheduled for today's princess celebration, and Janie, your big soft smile event is tomorrow, so we would better, uh, we should just sign the paper? Jane and Kelsey sign the contract. Vicky Lynn places a frowny face sticker on each of the girls' chests. Jane offers her hand to Kelsey, and Kelsey begrudgingly accepts it. I'd love to see them hug. <laughs> Exterior park, Smuggler's Cove, afternoon. Bruce is completely passed out against the tree. There is a line of children waiting to take a picture with his lifeless alligator body. None the wiser, Tara ushers the kids up one by one for a photo opportunity. Interior, backstage, employee cafeteria, afternoon. Jane is dining. No, that's impossible. Eating at the employee cafeteria. She's wearing her mandatory Wonderland meal smock to protect her costume. Bolin, along with George Doyle, plops down at the table. He plays the comic relief character in the Wonderland swishbuckling stunt spectacular. He's mostly dressed as a pirate, but still wears jeans and converse. It's somehow cute. Why are you eating a sad old man's lunch? That's a suicide lunch. Okay, yeah. What do we got here? Cottage cheese, beans, tapioca pudding, and a beef pond? When I'm stressed, my teeth start hurting again. This is literally comfort food. Okay, spill it. Jane pulls out Peyton's mock-up. Look at this. Oh, Wow, what the, this is, this is some David Lynch level stuff. <laughs> wow, Peyton is demented. He obviously has issues with women. I once asked him about his mother and his nose started bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> so he claims that this would only happen when I'm ready, but I don't care how old I get, I'm never gonna be ready for Kelsey to play Princess Philomena. Is that horrible? God, no, look at the expression on her face. See, I told you, the thinner the eyebrows, the crazier the girl. <laughs> I think she seems normal enough. Cut to Kelsey at the soda fountain doing that thing where you mix all of the drinks together. <laughs> the teenaged employee from the orientation, now dressed in later hosen, is watching her. <laughs> oh, it's really good. <laughs> Back to. I could be wrong. What should I do? The only thing you can do, use that glass slipper to cut a bitch. No. No, I think it's very clear that you do not care about this because this is a theme park, and my God, look at what we're wearing right now. You guys, I honestly don't remember the last time I was put in the position of not liking someone. I put myself in that position all the time. Yeah, me too. Watch, see that guy over there? I bet he has a chin strap. She tosses a tray on the ground behind the man. He turns to the sound and sure enough has a chin strap beard. There, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't think I do either. Wow, girls are brutal. Do you think I'd, I'd look sexy in a chin strap, right? Okay, no, I'm not answering that question. I was almost suspended today, and I'm not about to be fired for breaking the no man's policy. You do understand that you're the only person that follows that rule. Well, rules are meant to be followed. Drink your beef pond. <laughs> 
Okay, yes, you know what? I am gonna drink my beef pond and I will enjoy my big day tomorrow and I'm going to handle this Kelsey thing in my own way. You mean Philomena's way? Probably, yes. Be as kind as you can and always take the high road because the view is spectacular. Sorry. <laughs> Exterior park, Smuggler's Cove, late afternoon. Bruce, still catatonic, slowly slides down the tree into a seated position. <laughs> Exterior park outside Philomena's castle. Late afternoon. Trumpets blast. A crowd gathers. King Strudel, almost certainly played by Paul Giamatti. <laughs> takes his throne. Tara enters and unfurls a lengthy scroll. The king hath decreed throughout the land young Philomena's coronation at hand. The people cheer. <laughs> there is a of orchestral music as Jane gracefully descends a stone staircase. My darling daughter, I am so very proud. <laughs> to place this crown upon your crown. Where in the royal wheat fields is the crown? Here it is. Whoa. Kelsey is awkwardly lowered down from the castle ramparts on a wire. She clumsily holds a velvet pillow on which Philomena's tiara precariously rests. Oh, that bumbling ladybug in waiting! <laughs> but, but, Father, I simply couldn't do this without her. Lady Aphid, you're my best friend. King Strudel places the crystal tiara on Jane's head. And you're the most beautiful princess in all of Pastryville. I proclaim that we shall have a pastry promenade. <laughs> Jane and Kelsey must do a palm-to-palm -palm dance down the royal carpet. There is a noticeable tension. Exterior park, Smuggler's Cove, evening. A time-lapse shot of Bruce lying flat on his back at the base of the tree. The sun, the sun lowers in the western sky, disappears, and rises in the east. <laughs> Exterior, Wonderland VIP employee parking lot, morning. Today is Jane's big day. She drives up to her personal parking spot and is shocked to find it occupied. The car in question is a 2006 baby blue convertible Volkswagen Bug with a license plate that reads... B-L-N-D-G-R-L. This reeks of Kelsey. Blind girl? Blonde girl. Kelsey, that bitch. Cut to exterior VIP lot security gate moments later. A security guard leans out of his tower. Sorry, ma'am. The park's the maximum attendance today. If your spot's taken, you gotta park way over at Buddy Buzzard lot and take the employee shuttle. Okay, so you don't understand. Okay, now I don't normally do this kind of thing, but uh -huh. I play Princess Philomena. Yeah. I had to be at a super important event in the park like five minutes ago. Can we just please, please bend the rules just this once? No way. Rules are meant to be followed. <laughs> She tears out of the lot, slams on the brakes, and quickly reverses. She leans out of the window. I'm so sorry. Have a great day. <laughs> Interior, backstage, character dressing room, 15 minutes later. Petite Keith is dancing by himself. Again, he is wearing nothing but green tights. I'm a little wing of prince and fancy green tights. Putting on deodorant so I can smell nice. 
Thank you. Jane bursts in. She's drenched in sweat. Where's Peyton? He isn't answering any of my phone calls. I wouldn't worry. Where's my costume? It's gone. What? <laughs> Exterior park, Wonderland Sky Baskets attraction, simultaneous. Kelsey is in front of a crowd of people. There is a barrage of camera flashes. She is smiling radiantly, dressed from head to toe as Princess Philomena. End of act two. Act three, exterior park, Wonderland Sky Baskets attraction, moments later. The Soft Smiles event is underway. The assembly includes members of the press, officials from the charity, and most importantly, the child of the hour, little Olivia and her tender-toothed grin. (laughs) We're going to make all your wishes come true today, Princess Olivia. What's your number one dream? To know the hard crunch of a nutritious carrot. There it is. Okay, let's make some wishes come true. (laughs) Peyton helps Kelsey and Olivia into the sky basket. All right, see you on the other side of the park. No spitting. Just as the sky basket is about to lift off, Jane, dressed in Kelsey's ill-fitting Lady Aphid costume, bursts through the crowd. Wait for me! Where have you been? I tried to hold them, but they needed to broadcast live. Thank God Kelsey was here. Oh, of course she was. You're busted. Get out. No, I want to ride with Philomena. Okay, uh, well, um, but what if the sky basket cable snaps? Philomena, she doesn't have wings like I do. You don't want to die that way, do you? Jane wedges herself into the sky basket and gives the ride ride operator a pointed stare. Punch it, Marty. The sky basket takes off over Wonderland. The three are hoisted aloft. Alone with themselves. Lady Aphid is uh, just joking, folks. No one has ever died on the sky baskets. They, um, <coughs> they died on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Above the park in the sky basket, continuous. What are you doing? So do, do you want to know a secret, little girl? Yeah. That is not the real Philomena. She's an imposter. She parked her carriage in my spot and stole my gown. I'm Princess Philomena. Me. And I always will be. <laughs> Your eyes are shaking. (laughs) It's okay, Olivia. I'll protect you. Lady Aphid is just destroying the sanctity of the guest experience. Okay, trust me. She is so not a princess. Princesses are kind. She has a hard, hard heart. Olivia, she's mean. Really? Yes, yes. Will you help me get my crown back? Olivia nods and they go for Kelsey's crown. (laughs) Exterior park, Smuggler's Cove continuous. A sleeping Bruce stirs. (laughs) (laughs) Point of view, Bruce. Darkness. Two narrow eye slits open slowly. We see a sky basket swinging perilously, perilously above. Exterior park, below the Wonderland Sky Basket, continuous. The crowd watches in horror as the Sky Basket swings back and forth. Must be uh, windy up there. Above the park, Sky Basket, (laughs) continuous. Jane, Kelsey, and Olivia are engaged in a literal and symbolic struggle for the crown. Get off me, you gummy little freaks. We can bite her, and it won't leave a mark. (laughs) 
Exterior, the Sky Basket destination platform. Moments later, the soft smile crowd is eagerly awaiting the return of the Sky Basket. Here they come. I bet they had fun. The Sky Basket descends. We hear screams. They get louder and louder as it docks. Admit it, you liar. You only got to wear the crown today because you parked your trashy baby blue bug in my spot. What? I drive a Mercedes, bitch! <laughs> Jane recoils just as the sky basket pulls into plain sight. She realizes she's made a horrible mistake. Olivia seizes the opportunity to grab the tiara from Kelsey's head, and with it comes her wig. She's an imposter, mommy! A camera flashes. Interior, backstage, employee conference room, late morning. Jane sits at a table with her head in her hands. Vicky Lynn drops a form in front of her and hands her a pen. Two strikes. This is not like you, Jane. <laughs> Vicky Lynn places a second frowny face sticker on Jane's chest. <laughs> Exterior backstage, designated smoking area, afternoon. Kelsey is having a cigarette. She is pacing furiously. Peyton approaches her gingerly. I, uh, I am so sorry about today, but believe me, that's not even the worst thing to have happened in the sky basket. Um, anyway, um, look, I'm, I am here on official business. Kelsey gives him a dubious look. The teenaged employee appears out of nowhere and hands her an iced coffee. He lingers for a moment until Kelsey dismisses him with a wave of her hand. And that official business is? Cheer up, patrol. I think you and I are cut from the same silk. He hands Kelsey a velvet-lined box. You keep this safe. You're going to need it soon. Exterior park, Smuggler's Cove, afternoon. Point of view, Bruce. <laughs> the horizon comes into view as Bruce sits up. The same little cinnamon-mouthed kid from the day before is all in his face. The child prods Bruce with a chimichurro and offers it to him. Cut to, we see Bruce in a daze. He takes the chimichurro and wanders back to the break room. <laughs> Interior, backstage, character dressing room, late afternoon. It's the end of the day. Kelsey sits cross-legged on the floor, taking off her makeup. Jane enters sheepishly. Do you have a minute? Uh-huh. This uh, is not who I am. I, I put everything into this job, maybe too much. You see, I grew up in kind of a real loosey-goosey environment. I call it a farm, but it was really more of a way station for hippies and Frank Zappa fans. And Frank Zappa. <laughs> People paid for things with seashells. We, we recycled our urine. I had, like, a lot of cousins, but not a lot of structure. Okay. okay. Anyway, I think that's why I love this job so much, because it's exactly not like that. And I realized today that I might need it more than it needs me, and then I thought I might lose it, and that really freaked me out. And I made a mistake. I am so, so sorry. It's okay, girl. Everybody has bad days. Really? Thank you. Jane smiles and starts to feel a bit better. But then Kelsey takes the velvet-lined box out of her bag. She opens it and pulls out a custom-made crystal tiara and places it on her head. If I only had six months left as Philomena, I'd snap too. Kelsey turns and makes a <laughs> proud exit. Jane is in absolute shock. Interior backstage, character break room, evening. The break room is deserted. Bruce enters. He's still in full toothy costume, and he's still holding the chimichurro. He considers it for a little while, and then throws it in the trash. He shuffles over to the mirror and slowly peels himself out of the alligator suit. 
He looks at himself in profile and a smile comes across his face. We see his reflection. We see what he sees. It's a 19-year-old Bruce, complete with 70s hair, brilliant smile, and perfect physique. Interior. Employee shuttle bus, evening. Jane sits alone. She stares out the window, deep in thought. The shuttle arrives at its stop, and the driver speaks. Body buzzard. Jane walks to the exit. She pauses beside Kelsey, who sits near the door. Jane drops the manila folder in her lap. I think this is yours. See you tomorrow. Kelsey opens the folder and sees that in the photo, Jane has covered Kelsey's face with a frowny face sticker and has drawn a noose around her neck. It looks like the scribblings of a serial killer. Written next to the noose is the word snap. We see Jane heading to her car with the shuttle bus behind her. The baby blue bug happens to pass by and we see that the driver is the teenaged employee. A conspiracy all along. Jane flips him the bird and without even looking back, it's as if she's an action star in slow motion walking away from an explosion. The princess gloves have come off. End of show. That's our show for this month. Thanks to everyone at Largo. Thanks to all of our performers whose names you'll find in the show notes. Thanks to Ethan Walter for help with the sound, Ted Leo for our theme song, and Courtney Hyde for our logo. Please subscribe on Maximum Fun or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And leave us a rating. That really helps. You can follow us on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Pilots Society. Until next month, I'm Andrew Reich. Thanks for listening. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.